Welcome to our latest Hypermotion Dubai podcast, bringing you the latest trends and insights into the world's mobility, logistics, and transport sectors. Our special guest today is Haisam Jamal. He's the co-founder and CEO of Distichain. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm sure Haisam will advise me if I haven't. Um, Distichain is the world's first trade orchestration platform offering B2B marketplace infrastructure for companies looking to secure and simplify their imports and exports. Uh, Dr. Jane won the People's Choice Awards at the recent Fast Forward Challenge in Dubai, which was a live pitching competition for innovative startups that are addressing the pain points that are currently being faced um, by the log logistics and supply chain industry global globally. Uh, founded in 2019, Dr. Chain will also have a complimentary startup pods at the second edition of Hypermotion Dubai later this year, which was part of the spoils of their fast forward recognition. We'll get more into that later, but for now, let's get into this discussion. Hi, Sam, uh, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Gareth. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. So uh, just uh, if you could just give us a brief um, overview uh, of Distant Chain and um, your, your proposition. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you've already kind of jumped into that, so I'll just try to feed off what you've, uh, how, how you've introduced it. Um, but basically at Distritrain, yes, we are, we are a trade orchestration platform. And basically what we do, um, and what that means we do is we, we, we take trade um, that comes in from the front end of our, from, from the front end of our platform, and we connect it to the service providers across um, fintech supply chain uh, and different uh, tools like governance and, and documentation. We connect that to the to the transactions that are happening on the front end of our platform, and by doing that, we're able to kind we're able to deliver a fully seamless trade cycle for cross border uh, cross border end to end trade. Um, the vision really is to have import and export being done as easily as buying something off an e-commerce website. Yeah, yeah. So, because you started off in, in um, 2019 as a B2B marketplace, but you sort of shifted your focus quite shortly after that um, to building an infrastructure for global trade as a system, um, as a service-based software, as a service-based uh, model. Um, tell us the, the the factors that led to this kind of transition. Transition. Absolutely. When we were when we started off building this chain, you're right. We started off building this as our own marketplace. But we we kind of created a, a we, we had a whiteboard and we started building everything from scratch. And the whole concept, the whole logic behind it was that there are some great and very innovative solutions that are coming up in the world of supply chain, in the world of uh, fintech and in the world of, of just technology overall mm -hmm. that really changed the way trade can be done now. It, it opened up doors. So we, we started building a marketplace using those doors, using those new tools and technology that, that was becoming available, whether it was ready or not. Um, but then when we, as we progressed, we, see, we saw that um, what we're doing is really innovative. Yeah. What we're doing is really interesting to, not only to our business, but to many businesses. And as a result, we saw that rather than doing one marketplace building all of this for one marketplace we could build a platform that could incorporate several different um, businesses several different marketplaces 
Yeah. Um, and obviously, it'll be a much bigger play and a big, much bigger opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then I guess that kind of leads on to the next point. Um, you, you, you've said previously as part of the Fastball Challenge that 13% um, of the total uh, addressable market of, of global trade, 51 trillion or 13% of that is, is digitized. Um, you know, stating obviously various factors, lack of trust, uh, lack of digital integration in supply chain services, absence of market insights and intelligence um, as, as key reasons or, or barriers for this. Um, you know, as a fully digitized trade tech platform yourself, obviously that obviously presents huge opportunity for you. Um, at the same time, there's obviously initial challenges, I guess, of, of turning that, turning these sort of issues around, trust of course being a key one. How do you go about that? Absolutely. So, so let me address the first point with regards to the opportunity. The opportunity is massive. Okay, um, and 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 you just need to talk to anybody who does global trade, whether they're in a large organization, they're the, in an SME, whether they're a governing body. It doesn't really matter. When yep. you talk to them, they'll tell you how broken the system is. And actually, it's not a system. It's, an, it's a number of different systems that don't really talk to each other, don't really communicate to each other um, currently. Um, so this is, this is a problem that is there. It's, it's a huge opportunity uh, in the trillions of dollars, absolutely. And most of what happens today goes very manually, it's very paper driven, it's very much driven by email and one-to-one uh, -one connections. Um, and, and, and there's an opportunity now with the technology that is available um, and with the solutions that are coming up, it's not only the technology, it's the technology and the sol different solutions, there's, a, there's an opportunity now to, to, to fix that and that's really what we're, what we're what the opportunity we're going for. Now that does pose certain challenges um, number one, the, the, the magnitude of the task that we're trying to do is very large and it's a hard sell uh, also because, you know, being a Dubai-based uh, uh, startup, why us? So that's yeah. number one. But number two is there are these problems of trust, uh, trust the, the, the whole uh, fragmented paperwork trail mm -hmm. that comes with this space and obviously the tools that are out there that don't really help the traders all of these problems are, are real now in terms of the the trust issue which i think is the key one um the way that we tackle this is by um tapping into other solutions so kind of being at arm's length not saying that we are going to handle money or we're going to do the logistics no it's actually a dhl or a Hellman's who is globally well-known brand names in logistics. It's not us who's going to do the inspection. It's Bureau Veritas that's going to do it. So all of these, by using their brand strengths and their brand names, that is how we create trust. All we are doing is tying them together. We're creating the network, the highway that is joining all of these different pieces together. Um, and 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 using the trust that they have for their particular services, uh, yeah. rather than us trying to handle everything. Yeah, I guess having that digital wallet escrow account um, as a middleman as well before your goods. Absolutely, and and and, and well. even on that, even on that, Gareth, we don't actually touch the money. We're not allowed to. 
Um, it's actually global banks, you know, people who move money for Citibank, Clearbank, um, that are actually touching the money of the clients, and they are the ones that are responsible. That's what they do. Um, yep. so, so accordingly, that brings trust. Um, that brings trust because now I'm not trusting this chain or the marketplace. I'm actually trusting Citibank, mm-hmm. who's then connected into the network or whichever banking system is there um, and, and part of the transaction. Sure. Okay, so um, I'm a DistiChain, a new DistiChain customer. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. Never used the platform before. I have trust issues. Um, how would I go about uh, step by step uh, using DistiChain to, to secure my my orders or my shipments or my imports and exports? Absolutely. So, 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 you, and that's very normal. There's two things here, right? I mean, there's <clears throat> DistiChain is still a, a young company, not a not a not a very well known brand name. And then, and then you have the second point, which is that the business that they're bringing is not a nice-to-have business. They're bringing a core business. Uh, our customers are bringing core businesses of their users into the platform. So it's their bread and butter. We're tackling the bread and butter, and that becomes even more difficult. So how do we how do we build that trust? We build that trust by number one showing them how the system works and explaining that we are not reinventing the way that you do trade we're just automating it okay we've also got a very flexible system in the sense that if you are comfortable with a certain banking partner or a bank or a certain logistics partner and you're able to bring them into the platform we welcome them we welcome them as part of the community and then you're just using them but taking out all the layers of communication and just easing that communication um, railway between you and maybe your current providers. But that also, at the same time, gives the other side of the transaction, the buyer, the seller, because each transaction has two parties, it gives both of you comfort because you're comfortable with with your particular um, methodology, they're comfortable with theirs. By having everybody in one, in one, in one space, um, that collaboration can happen very transparently and seamlessly. Yeah, and, and I guess um, yeah, another key point as well is uh, the, the speed of the marketplace creation and with DistiChain is, is immediate and it's, it's all about kind of simplifying that process for both sides of the transaction. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we've got three different ways that we create our marketplaces or, or sorry we have three different ways that we're able you're able to connect to the marketplace whether you're a marketplace or whether you're a marketplace user um, there is the user interface which is just a a, a domain that sits behind the marketplaces uh, website so it's actually fully white labeled it's fully them and we're invisible there is the uh, apis whereby we give them APIs and they build all the screens in the formats that that suit their business and suit them. Or there is the ERP connectors and they just connect via ERP. So now there's no human interaction. It's just uh, uh, systems talking to systems and we are that middleware that is connecting all of those different calls and facilitating the end-to-end trade. So you found the Disney chain in 2019 and we went live the platform August 2021. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how, how's, the, how's the response been so far? Um, and, and what are the sort of key milestones that you've reached uh, to date? So, so the response has been 
Absolutely terrific. I mean, first of all, when we speak to when we you know we speak to people or when people speak to uh, others about uh, what this chain offers, a lot of the responses, a lot of the feedback that we get is 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 great. Obviously, that doesn't mean that there's, there's, it, it, it's it's a quick turnaround. They still have to validate all the points, and then the, the, the devil becomes in the details. Um, most recently, you know, just to give you some examples, we have um, some customers from Europe who said this is this sounds a bit too good to be true, mm-hmm. um, considering all yeah. the headaches that they face. Um, and we have other very very large, even governmental. Um, governmental and semi-governmental organizations that have really taken a liking to what we are building and, and the solution that we are that we are generating. So, so from a feedback perspective, it's great. And I just want to highlight one of the largest um, uh, authorities in logistics in the UAE. Uh, when I presented this to him, I think it was ten days ago. Um, yeah, me, he just made he just made I just made his week. Um, it was a Friday afternoon, last meeting of the week, and he's and, he, and that was his quote. And that is a huge recognition for us because this is a a, a one of the pillars of, of supply chain in this region. Um, without getting into names, now yeah. beyond that, uh, we have to monetize this. We have to scale this. So we have been able, with very little resources, just organic growth, and um, been able to bring on board. 10 uh, marketplaces they vary from uh, they vary from Canada to Malay- Malaysia so it's really spread out globally we've got Europe we've got North America um, some customers in the UAE and we've done this without a sales team and without a marketing spend so mm-hmm. we're just now switching that on and we expect that the response should be um, very exciting for us and now it's all about execution and growth expansion and growth um, of course using all the latest technology ai and of course blockchain in fact uh, blockchain technologies within your you use that within your trade platform um, how has this how has blockchain technology simplified and ensured more governance and the security of transactions within the chain or how do you intend it to 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 offer that sort of unique that kind of unique benefit absolutely i mean um it, so first of all we use blockchain we use blockchain very specifically and it is part of our, our system but it's when we, we, we use it as a tool rather than a you know we're not building something to showcase blockchain blockchain yeah. is one of the t- technology tools that allows us to deliver a great service to our customers so that's very important because there's there's all of this uh, it becomes a very, it's a very hot topic at the moment and, and everybody starts to talk about it as if it's going to solve the problems of the world. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a technology and it helps if used correctly. That's number one. In terms of how we use it, we actually uh, use it very specifically to manage the transactions. So pr- prior to the transactions, in terms of databases, in terms of calling on technology uh, providers, in terms of the different uh, parts of the trade engine uh, that does not use blockchain. What does use blockchain is the transactions. And why is that important? It's because there's multiple various geographic and uh, geographically and 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 
what they're delivering partners that are involved in one B2B transaction. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you've got the buying company, the selling company, you've got the the, the, the financing company or the or the fintech company you've got the logistics, logistics and shipping, yeah. it just goes on and on and there's a whole there's a whole lot of chefs in the room um, in order to manage one single transaction and the challenge has always been how do you share the data the right data with everybody uh, and 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 without kind of exposing everything that they're not that is not related to them so that's number one and number mm -hmm. two how does where does that data sit and how can that be you know who owns the data is it the bank or is it the marketplace or and you start to get into a mess there by the use of blockchain and smart contracts to be in specific to be specific you're able to give permissioned use you're able to um, write the journey of the trade from inception all the way up to the closure of that trade cycle Okay, giving access to the right uh, share, uh, to the right stakeholders um, in the way that legally they're 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 allowed to have, uh, yeah. and that really breaks down the complexity, makes it much easier to do to solve a, a very complex problem, um, mm -hmm. and that's why we use it. Okay, um, and, and I guess uh, I guess leading on to also blockchain technology, cryptocurrency. Do you have plans to to incorporate this payment um, means within the platform? In the future um we 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 will be doing whatever is 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 relevant to the users right just like any platform and just like any 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 uh any uh service right mm -hmm. if it's if it's something that the users would want and would add value to them at the same time very compliant um, because uh, we, we, you know, compliance is a very important part of what we uh, what we deliver, the governance, the the structure, the compliance. If everybody's happy with that, then why not? If it solves the problem, if it makes things easier, if it makes things cheaper for mm -hmm. the end users, um, and that's 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 the answer. It's not because of the technology that crypto users or we use. I mean, that's that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. That's not the real driver. It's the service that we're offering. Yes, definitely crypto is faster, uh, you know, easier, uh, less regulation, but then there comes other problems, uh, other challenges with that. And we've just got to manage that very, uh, very carefully and offer the best service possible to the trading companies. Yeah, sure. Um, in terms of the, the verticals that you target in particular when you're servicing at the moment, um, you, you're focusing on agribusiness and medical supplies, PPE as, as the key two verticals as, as uh, your target. I mean, obviously, looking at the value here, um, by 2025, agribusiness is $142 billion market, or addressable market. Uh, medical supplies, PPE, $435, half a trillion billion, uh, $435 billion, obviously, massive, um, huge markets. Um, I guess I'm sort of answering my own question, why, why these particular verticals in particular, but is there also plans to kind of expand, expand on that as well? Yes, yes and no. I mean, there's, there's there's a lot of large segments out there that we can that we can choose to fact uh, to to uh, to tackle. Manufacturing is is a huge another huge one. If you just talk in general terms, procurement um, or, or or just existing marketplaces and sitting behind existing marketplaces. But the reason why we've chosen agriculture and uh, and and medical supplies is because 
there is huge inefficiencies in these in these um, uh, industries. Um, a farmer does not know how to get. He produces tons and tons of goods. Mm -hmm. uh, a farmer, a producer, a a local aggregator, but he doesn't know how to get them to the distributors, whether that's in Europe or whether it's in the Middle East or Asia. He doesn't know. He doesn't have the network, and he doesn't have the admin power, and that's what brokers. Uh, tend to take very, very large chunks of the value, sometimes 15, 30, sometimes even up to 85% of yeah. the value, um, even though they're just acting as 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 middleman uh, or, or yeah. a middle space. We, we can play a huge role there and we can create much more efficiencies um, between them. And, and that's why we have targeted this uh, this segment. In terms of the medical supplies, that is another issue, but also there's there's a lot of fake product, a lot of counterfeit that goes on around. And by having this one seamless, transparent, transactional-based service uh, that takes all the way from inception to closure, we're able to add tracking and 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 you know add technology as you know um, in terms of verifications. Uh, verification technology to to validate the products and to really make it much harder for fraudsters so mm -hmm. these are why we've chosen these two so um, it's not just about market size there's actually a lot of other issues that, that you believe you can add, add value to absolutely but on that on that note gareth we're very ambitious and we have a whole bunch of 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 um, uh, resellers that we are onboarding and they might tackle other industries and we welcome that because it really sure. doesn't take too much of our effort to yeah. to to give the service over um, per se. So, but that's where we'll be focusing our internal marketing and sales efforts, yes. Well, actually, that's also going to bring me to my next question because um, uh, if I understand correctly, you intend to, to break even 2023, as early as next year, you intend to break even this business. Um, Tell us about your expansion plans in terms of revenue growth or percentage growth, as well as, of course, elaborating on what areas you, you see particular growth for Disney Chain. So um, we have been at this, as you rightly said, since 2019. It's been a long journey. It's been a very tough journey. Um, but the, the, the thing is, we couldn't kind of build the business and then build the technology behind it. We had to build, do the other way around, which is much more difficult for a startup build the technology and then start bringing in the business. Now that now that we've done a whole lot of the heavy lifting, um, what's left is just bringing in the business. Um, but, you know, it's a never ending, evolving platform. So there's always the technology part is going. Um, and the way our business runs is that when we build something, we build it um, for everybody. We don't have to kind of get into the details of every single marketplace um, per se. And by doing that, we, we, we just get more bang for our buck. At the same time, it, when we have a, our, our business cycle is quite long, I mean, and that's tedious, but once we have a customer, we're, th this becomes a long-term partnership. So each customer is growing over time and then we are adding customers. And that's really why we're able to uh, scale up quickly um, and then, and then once once we get you know a, a year or two down the road and 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 get to that stage, 
we start to strategically evaluate how do we go into hyper growth mode? What do we need? And, and, and we make the decisions accordingly. Money, I suppose. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we mentioned, of course, 13% of global trade, only 30% of global trade is digitized uh, currently. Um, just more broadly speaking, um, how has technology in general advanced um, the digital marketplace um, for supply chain and logistics in particular? So um, if I understood your question, it's basically um, the way I try to explain this is that there's a lot of fragmented services out there, okay? There's a lot of very, very intelligent people coming from startups or from large organizations that are building some amazing solutions out there. Mm -hmm. um, but the challenge is how do those startups, how do those large organizations get them to every single, get their product in the hands of every uh, single customer that is out, is potentially for them? Um, it's a very difficult question for them, and mm -hmm. as a result, they tend to do what most people do. They work with the big corporates because it's easier. You mm -hmm. get more for one deal. It takes a little bit more time, but you get more for one deal um, yeah. over the longer term of things. But then, once again, we're excluding the SME world. We're excluding that medium-sized trader, and um, we're not talking here about we're talking here about importers, exporters, $50 million of revenue, uh, $100 million, which may seem like a lot, but in the world of trade, that's not, not a lot. Um, yeah. And they're excluded from this. Why? Because they don't have the IT knowledge, they don't have the access, etc. So in terms of what we're doing, we're building that connectivity. And we're giving easy access, regardless of location, border agnostic, mm -hmm. industry agnostic access to the services in a structured way that is compliant with the rules of the law and, yeah. and, 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 and the rules of import and export. And accordingly, that, that's the facilitation we're making. So um, that really becomes the, the value proposition to these companies. And I always use the example of uh, somebody in South America or a, a company, a medium-sized company in South America or in Africa that wants to buy machinery from a, a Dutch company, let's say, um, the amount of vetting they get before they're able to do the deal might waste one, two months. Yeah. In a platform like ours where everything is connected, they could use their credibility in their local banks and, you know, connect directly to the... Uh, to the uh, providers wherever they are in the world. And mm -hmm. it's the bank that pays, you know, you yep. just got to trust your banking system. Um, mm -hmm. It's no longer vetting this guy or vetting that guy in terms of uh, the process and, and et cetera. So it takes out a lot of efficiency, inefficiencies, mm -hmm. sorry, out mm -hmm. of the system and, and gives all of these great solutions that are coming up and will continue to grow and come up um, via this one vehicle mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that is facilitating trade. Mm -hmm. I, I guess with, uh, with startups such as this chain, obviously very innovative, user, utilizing latest technologies, blockchain, AI, for example, FinTech, um, I, I'd imagine that the benefit that you would have in, in terms of disrupting the supply chain and logistics sector from a technological and digital point of view is that you, 
you're very lean and, and you can you can move quickly i suppose to to to, to pivot and and look at new opportunities and and being able to you know you're not so you're not tied down by a big clunky corporate um you know red tape or bureaucracy i suppose so that's a key sort of advantage that you see as, as from a startup point of view absolutely i mean that that's part of it also um for our particular use case, for our particular journey, we've been very pragmatic. Mm -hmm. So we've not tried to wow people with how intelligent we are, but rather there with with how pragmatic our solution is, how it really services a real life problem, and how we are trying to keep it as open and flexible as possible in everything we do. Um, by doing that and doing it quickly, and just having a solution that can cater to the different customers' particular needs simply, um, then, then we're able to move fast. Let me give you an example. Sometimes companies have contracts or just preferences towards a logistics provider or another. Yeah. In our system, we've said, well, we have these logistics providers. You're welcome to use them. But if you want yours, just ask them to onboard. Now, they can onboard as simply as going through a KYC, KYB, just like a user joins, but they yeah. join a different platform and now they're at, they have access to the total network. Or they can onboard via APIs, which takes a bit of work and a bit of effort from our side. But mm -hmm. it's totally up to them. But that way, we're not kind of telling the customers that in order to work with a solution like ours, you have to choose our service providers. We will tell you who you're able to use. You can't use your bank. You can't. No, we're always looking for ways to bring their bank into our system and just become uh, part of the ov the overall uh, network. Yeah. And yeah. we do that not only alone, but with our service provider um, service providing uh, partners. Like, for example, we have a partner that does digital letters of credit um, on a global scale for 50 countries, right? Various banks, 50 countries. Um, but if your bank isn't there, and you're strong enough to bring your bank into that network, it's very easy technically to do. And accordingly, now your bank is connected to that global network and you're able to do digital letters of credit instantaneously, which is huge for anybody who's gone through the process of global trade and letters of credit and, and how tedious and time consuming and inefficient they are. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about sort of just building that ecosystem and all, all the different parties that are involved in the transactions to, to use the same ecosystem that would be by API direct license. Absolutely. Um, okay, so tell us about your background. I mean, 19 years experience in leadership development, I guess, in supply chain and logistics particularly, but um, just tell me about how you kind of as the founder of DistiChain, how you sort of saw this gap in the market. I suppose it was all these kind of uh, 19 years experience in the industry you've, you've seen firsthand. Oh, yeah, I mean, first of, all, first of all, I have worked my whole life across, uh, across uh, trade, across the business side of things. So I come from the commercial side of, of, of the business rather than the technology side of the business. Okay. Um, my background started off with FMCG, uh, moved into consumer electronics and then into fashion and uh, fashion and beauty products, uh, all in, a, in the realm of distribution, retail, e-commerce, um, and, and the full 
operations of business. Actually, as of 2006, I was leading a very large organization, Nokia, um, for a number of different countries um, and managing a multi-billion dollar business for them um, with a full team and a whole network of, of distribution network, etc. So it's something that has always been uh, my background, number one. Number two, my strength was always in operations and how to kind of really build an efficient and effective uh, operation, um, mm. which is part of our, my role as, a, as, as the leader of the business. Mm. Um, and when we started to see my, both myself and my, my, my co-founder at the time, started to see all of this emerging technology, like for example, the, what I mentioned, digital trade finance, like digital letters of credit, which mm. was still an idea at the time. They, mm. they still weren't ready yet. Digital uh, supply chain, uh, what, what, what Maersk and IBM were doing with, with, with uh, together in the supply chain space, what HSBC was doing in the, in the trade finance space, etc. Yeah. These were game changers for us as a business, as a business operator right but the question for us was how does that then get to everybody how does that just become ready and available to everybody and because we understood the business and the opportunity so well we were able to imagine the solution we didn't know how to build it of course yeah you know, we're not technology people we had an idea i mean just had the vision we had a vision so that's where you kind of start on that vision and slowly build around yourself a team of the most, uh, the best experts you can in the different parts, and you turn that vision into a reality, and that's what we've done with Christy Chang. Yeah. And the, the vision is reality now, of course, isn't it? Um, the final thoughts is that I can't believe, I think we're already past 30 minutes of the, of the podcast, it's been a very interesting topic so far, but of course, um, um, some you will be at Flat Motion Dubai uh, in September this year. Um, you have your own pod there. Uh, how much you what do you know about the show? How much are you looking forward to being there? What what are your expectations? Who would you like to meet? So for us, every meeting is important. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you why it is, because um when we meet parties, especially in you know parties in a business environment, they're either gonna be as a, a provider to us or a customer for us. And hyper uh, and and hypermotion actually connects the very relevant community of supply chain providers, whether they're traditional or whether they're technology driven, and we accommodate for both, as I had mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And companies coming in and looking for supply chain solutions or just general technological solutions. Mm -hmm. Now, accordingly, both of them are very important to us, and I think. So um, a, a, a networking event like that, where, where we are able to demonstrate what we do and, and, um, uh, and, and put it in front of these partners will allow us to really both add a number of different service providers onto our platform, but hopefully a few customers as well. Mm -hmm. 
Tyson, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you very much for your time. We, of course, look forward to seeing you at Hypermotion Dubai in September. I'd imagine we'll probably uh, be hearing you as well at one of the conferences talking about DistiChain. Um, I'd imagine a um, very interesting topic, a very interesting platform, and um, we uh, certainly wish you all the best. Thanks a lot, Gareth. Thanks for your time. Thanks to everyone for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, of course, the second edition of Hypermotion Dubai will take place from the 13th to the 15th of September at the Dubai World Trade Center. Um, there you will meet Hyson from Just a Chain, of course, along with a number of dozens of other companies and industry experts that are transforming the world's transport logistics and mobility sectors. So if you haven't already done so, check out the website, hypermotiondubai.com, punch in your details to learn more. Of course, you can follow Hypermotion Dubai on all our main social media channels at hypermotiondxb, where you can keep updated on the latest event news, not to mention, of course, future podcasts that we have planned over the coming months. Until then, over and out, and we will see you.